G'day, I'm Stephen Page from Page Proven, Family and Fertility Lawyers in Brisbane. You're listening to the Australian uh, Family and Fertility Law Podcast. What you're about to listen to uh, is the audio version of a video that I've recorded that you'll find, uh, if you want to see the video version, uh, on the Page Proven website. But in the meantime, enjoy, enjoy this uh, listening to my voice. Uh, I hope you find it informative, uh, and if you've got any inquiries, of course, please contact us. G'day, I'm Stephen Page from Page Program Family Fertility Lawyers, and today I'm talking about the need for regulation of apps and websites that allow people to become donors. And I, and I don't mean donors in terms of money, I'm talking about donors in terms of sperm, eggs and embryos. These sites, in my view, need to be regulated. There have been a series of cases from Australia where men have continued to be sperm donors when they shouldn't have been. Right around the country, there are caps on the number of women that men can supply their sperm to so that children don't wake up later and discover that they have a huge brood of genetic siblings and therefore don't know their way in the world and cause, um, at times, grave psychological damage. There shouldn't be regulation of people's bedrooms. Uh, if if uh, prospective sperm donors, for example, meet um, intended parents and they meet at a party or meet socially or even by phone, fine. Um, But if they go through a website, in my view, or an app, in my view, those websites or apps that allow that to occur in in an obvious way, they're targeted in that area, they should be regulated. And what we've seen in the last few years is um, men who should just have stopped and haven't. The first example of that is a guy called Joe Donor. Uh, That's not his real name, uh, but he's an American who lives... Um, outside Australia and has come to Australia at least once or twice uh, to provide sperm. And as happens with um, these donors, sometimes the sperm is provided through artificial insemination, sometimes through natural insemination, uh, sex. How many times has Joe Donor donated? Uh, I don't know, but I know Uh, that he's reported that there have been 100 children born through him. The other man who stands out is a guy called Alan Fan, uh, who uh, hails from Brisbane. And a couple of years ago, uh, after he donated through clinics um, and hit the cap, um, he kept donating. And in one year, according to news reports, Uh, he had uh, created another 20 children. Another man, uh, a couple of years ago, in his 70s, was still donating to lesbian couples. uh, And he wasn't uh, wasn't, uh, donating through clinics anymore because of age and and he'd hit the cap. Um, But, uh, as in his immortal words, some like to fish or to play golf, I like to masturbate. And then the last man uh, 
who really demonstrates the need um, for regulation in this area, um, was a man uh, discovered in March this year uh, who had created 60 children in Australia. He'd gone through IVF clinics and he'd also gone out socially um, through, the, through apps and websites. And he'd done this under four aliases. This was only found out according to news reports uh, at, at a community barbecue when several members of the Rainbow community discovered that your child looks like my child. And then the whole truth of the story came out. Imagine being a teenager and discovering that, assuming he stops now, you have 59 siblings. How as a teenager can you possibly fathom that you've got 59 genetic siblings? How does that make you feel? How insignificant does that make you feel in the world? How does that add a chip to the shoulder of that child, the young person? So I think these sites need to be regulated. And regulation um, isn't that hard. Um, the starting point uh, is to ensure that when the men, because uh, it's typically concerning sperm donors, um, that they produce their ID if they want to be donors. And that the ID is kept um, by the websites. There'll probably have to be some kind of um, uh, auditing process um, in due course. Uh, and that there is a live number on his profile about how many families they've donated to. That information is then fed through to a government agency. Uh, and because we have a number of government agencies across the country, um, I've just said the New South Wales Ministry of Health. Um, that's one of them. It could be uh, one in Western Australia or South Australia or, or Varda in Victoria. And then it feeds it to the others and it also feeds it to the IVF clinics uh, nationwide so that each clinic knows here's a donor who's donated. If that donor has already donated through that clinic, it pops up. Because clinics are bound by the cap. Clinics would then notify the relevant authorities and then uh, if that notification was made, it would stop. As I said, you can't regulate bedrooms but you can regulate this behaviour so that intended parents are not taken advantage of. Children, particularly uh, when they after, after they're born and, and, and grow up, realise that they are special, they aren't just a number. They aren't a product of someone else's vanity. And they don't um, accidentally uh, breed uh, with someone else and have uh, children as a result, um, not knowing that the person that they're having sex with happens to be their genetic sibling.